Hello everybody, welcome back to the Talking City podcast with your multimedia and YouTube host Conor McGilligan and I am joined as always by your chief Manchester City writer Simon Baikowski. Si, how you doing mate, alright? Yeah good, definitely not always, I'm off on holiday soon. Yeah, that's why I'm going to uh, Turkey. Yeah, do you want the address? Yeah, go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely place, I've heard. Yes, yeah, 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 should be very nice and sunny. Which is what we want. Which is what we need at the minute, isn't it? So, um, City back in action. We'll get straight into it over the weekend. Um, what a game. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was really, really good. Um, the first half was decent, but the second half, it sort of got a bit basketball-y and end-to-end and chances. And it was like, yes, you can imagine kind of Guardiola having a bit of a fit about how how open it was, but um, yeah, I was sat there, just sort of, this is this is great. This is a really, really good game, and um, City came out on on top. So fair play to them. Yeah, it felt it felt um, box office really. I don't know what happened, but it's sort of. I mean, City obviously controlled it, didn't they? For the first, I mean, for the first part of the game, it was very. I felt anyway, it was just a matter of time. But then West Ham slowly started to come into it. And I, I don't know why, I just didn't expect it. I thought the game overall was going to just be one of those performances where we, I mean, I was, I was, I, fl- I flicked on the channel. I thought, I sort of like rolled my eyes. I thought, because this is just going to be a classic City win. Yeah, but it, it yeah. was, wasn't as straightforward as, as we all anticipated, was it? Especially that first half. No, and City kind of dominated, but they started really well, City, and you were like, yeah, this is going to be a textbook City performance. And then, um, from nowhere really, West Ham just had sort of one chance and then another chance and, and City were 1-0 down and it was like, we've kind of been here before with, um, like I was saying, you know, last week West Ham kind of have this knack of just undoing City really um, in the, uh, at the London Stadium, they just play play really, really well. Moyes said afterwards he reckons that was the best West Ham have played kind of on the ball against City. Um, they just kind of made a few a few mistakes off it but from 1-0 down you've then got to say real tremendous credit to City for coming back and uh, scoring three second half goals and uh, taking the taking the result because you know it, it could have been a West Ham win could, could have been a draw quite easily so um, yeah it was you know football was the winner but also City were the winners yeah 100% I think it was obviously we have to speak about the lineup. Jeremy Doku, the big talking point at the start. What were your initial thoughts? Were you thinking to yourself, okay, or, or were you thinking, mm, I'd, I'd prefer him to? I was basically I was having a quick look online. A lot of City fans were wanting him to sort of bed in and then maybe just come off the bench for the, for the next however many games and really settle himself in, like we've seen with City players before. But almost, you don't really see that frequently, especially with offensive players, him slotting in straight away in a 90-minute game, you know? No, it was really interesting. And I think had Grealish been available, Grealish would have played. And I think because of the injuries, we were kind of at a point where it was like either Nunes or Doku are going to have to start. Um, And I kind of thought Doku would, but still it was interesting that sort of not only did he start, but he had sort of licence to to run at his fullback and lose the ball whenever he wanted. And sort of, you know, you look at the West Ham goal, Doku kind of loses possession and then Guardiola's nutmegs and he's out of position and West Ham score and you're like, right, you've got two new signings here who aren't kind of adept at what Guardiola wants. Um, but then 
both of them had played well up to that point and then played really well after and Doku, you know, gets the equaliser and just plays really, really well. Um, even, you know, Pep after the game was like, I, I did not expect that, I've got to be honest. Like, I saw him in his first game, he was shy. Young kid coming into the treble winners did not expect that in his second game. Um, and he, he just, yeah, really, really exciting. And fans are going to love him because he just, he is what you want, right? He gets you off your seat because he... Um, he takes defenders on and he runs at them and he um, cuts in and scores goals. So, um, yeah, very, very promising. Yeah, he looked really sharp, didn't he? I mean, I, yeah, I was watching it and I, it, it's interesting. We'll speak a little bit more about this inactive in comparison, you know, Doku and Grealish and how that's going to shape up. But it was, he was just electrifying, wasn't it? And I felt every time he got the ball, I mean, it was it was a coup, coup foul, wasn't it? Really having problems with him. He sort of got to grips with him a little yeah, bit, but that battle was yeah. really interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, Moy said afterwards, he was like, oh, you know, coup did really well. It was just that one time, and you think it was a, a, a few more times than than that. Um, yeah, and, and Pep said afterwards, you know, we just said, run at him, run at him, run at him, run at him, and if you don't feel like it's on, um, give it back to, to Guardiola and, and we'll start again. But what was really promising from Doku's point of view was that you know he had so much success so most of the time when he thought to run at him he could and he took him on and he beat him and so his decision making was really good and that is very good because I know sort of you know when City signed him one of the things was you know how is his final product how is his decision making in the in the final third is it going to be up to scratch and they thought well he can learn but um, that is some pretty fast learning if he can, if he can do that. And City are going to come up against a lot of teams who defend deep against them. And uh, someone like Doku could be absolute dynamite for unlocking that. Especially with the injuries that they face going into that game. Obviously Kovacic and Grealish being the main ones. Stones as well. It's impressive, wasn't it? Really impressive. Yeah, well, you, I mean, you looked at the bench and it, they didn't have all nine subs on and they had two goalkeepers in the eight that were on the bench. And then, so we had Ortega, Carson, Lewis, Gomez, um, Ake, Phillips, Nunes and Bob. So Bob is kind of the only attack-minded player on that bench and he's not started any Premier League games. So, you know, this isn't a sort of boo-hoo, Man City have it really bad because they've deliberately chosen to have a squad this small and they, um, they've they got a lot of quality in the players that they do have. But it shows that just four injuries and uh, not even sort of that many attacking injuries, but you know, you lose Grealish and you, you lose De Bruyne and then even Kovacic um, is enough for them to look really quite depleted so it was kind of like it was a really good comeback from the team but it kind of needed to be those 11 players that had gone behind because there wasn't really um, anyone on the bench that could change the game in their favour mm. Yeah I thought Walker was really good really really good a few I don't really know I mean maybe you can clear this up for me Was where was he playing? <laughs> so yeah he, he pretty much had the right the right side to himself um, as he's had a, a few games, but then he could kind of cut in as well. Um, it is one of those kind of when he's obviously been at City for so long and he's so ingrained in kind of what Guardiola wants, he just kind of knows where to be and 
in the right place. But this season, he's kind of taken on a new dimension to his game. He, he looks even faster somehow than he than he has been. Um, and yeah, just really, really, it, yeah. It was a very good team performance, basically. You know, the sort of two at fault for the the goal. You could say played really well otherwise, and Haaland should have scored four or five, um, but did still score and also got himself into those positions where you'd think, well, every other week of the season he would score four or five, so you can't really be too harsh on him. Yeah, I thought he was... I thought he was... He wasn't quiet as such, but as you've said, you know, the chances missed, you did think... I mean, when it was 1-1... I do think to myself, there might be a point. It just might be one of those games where West Ham are able to hold out. And they looked... It's interesting you mentioned in possession as well. I mean, obviously, Edson Alvarez in there. Paqueta as well. I thought he looked very good. He looked very good. And you can, you can see, because it was almost any time he had the ball, sitting with that press, instant press. And he was able to resist that press a lot of the time. And it was a really nice moment where he... And this isn't a Paqueta sort of like channel or anything. <laughs> but he gets the ball and I think he... He wins it off Rodri and he swivels and plays the ball through to Antonio and you thought, right, yeah. you can, he's, there is a player there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he did very well and uh, and Alvarez did. And, and again, um, you know, Alvarez ended up, ended up going off in the second half quite early because he'd, he'd been booked and he'd spoken with Moyes at half-time. Sort of a bit of a worry and he gave a free kick away on the edge of the box. So they were like... We don't want him getting sent off, so they took him off. But they did lose a bit in that midfield when they went off, and I think that sort of did help City to um, to sort of finally retake, well, take the lead um, for the first time. But yeah, it was a, a lot of it was a really good effort from West Ham, and even when they con- conceded, you know, they go up the other end, and Edison makes some really good saves to um, to keep keep City level. So from from back to front, really for City, it was. It was good, you know. The, considering they beat Fulham five-one, that that performance on Saturday was so much better. When Alvarez had that free kick, were you thinking to yourself, "What are you doing? Don't shoot! Don't <laughs> shoot!" And then what an effort! I mean, he was he was exceptional again. Yeah, it? yeah, it was a long way out, um, but he, yeah, again, he's just involved. And again, afterwards, they were like, you know, because everyone saw the um, the oxygen that the Argentina players had. To, uh, to cope with sort of being in Bolivia in midweek. And then I sort of thought, well, you know, Alvarez, he might not start. So, you know, it's intensity. But um, And then he started for Argentina. I think he came back late Thursday. Um, City really didn't think he'd be involved um, or certainly not start because he'd, uh, he'd done that. But he was just like, no, no, I can play. I can play and I will play. And then he played like that. So um, that's been a real big plus for him and Pep was really blunt about him on Friday um, you know he, he was asked kind of why is Alvarez starting so much and he was like because De Bruyne's injured it wasn't you know it wasn't necessarily like oh because he's really good or he's earned it or it was like because De Bruyne's injured but he said but he has taken his opportunity and um, he he really has and he after Saturday's game Pep was like yeah he's pretty much undroppable which is um, a massive indictment, that, from Pep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's like, um, yeah. Cause, I mean, he's in that sort of same central space as, as Foden, really. And um, he is pretty much winning the, 
winning the battle of who's shining the most at the minute. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. That is, um, I mean, that's going to be a contest sort of in-house competition to watch over the season, but um, two two pretty special players to have in behind Haaland. I guess it's that it's, it's not the it's not a phone that's playing badly at the minute, but it but it is the thing with Alvarez. It's the consistency, isn't it? And we were speaking at the start of the season on here about just his his contributions when it comes to just you know the, the minutes per minutes per goal contributions, and he's yeah, and just but he's. It's not just that for me, it's his general influence on proceedings. Like you said, he's like a Duracell bunny, but he's got quality as well, real, real quality. And I think he's, at the minute, he's just showing a bit of a higher level. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit conflicted with Alvarez because I sort of, he, um, he obviously, he does so much off the ball, um, which is why Guardiola and City like him so much. But at the same time, one of the things I'd say about his time at, Cities, he's kind of struggled to stay involved across the 90 minutes um, and there will be kind of large spells where he doesn't appear to be doing very much and say with Haaland that can be the case and then he'll bang in two or three and you're like fair enough um, now Alvarez is having more goals and assists and he's becoming like this like fantasy fantasy league kind of must have um, because of his goals and assists and, and I don't know whether that is kind of over-inflating his performance levels for someone who doesn't quite stay in the game for all the 90 minutes. But at the same time, he does a load of stuff that you don't necessarily notice over the 90 minutes that kind of doesn't get um, picked up on as well. So he's kind of being like over and under-appreciated at the same time. Um, But this is, you know, his best, his best moment for City. Just to cap off the the game, what was what do you think was said at half time? Because I, I know they were in that first sort of fifteen minutes, they were dominant, they were completely dominant, and they were really for the first half. The West Ham came into it on the counter attacks in the transition, I thought. But second half, obviously, Doku got the goal within about forty seconds. But they just the, yeah. that level, and I I thought then, Sai, I thought, wow, that's the scary side of City. Really, it's you've gone from a point of second, third gear, and they've just literally stepped it up at the halftime. You just wonder what Pep, I mean, I did, is it, is it, is it right that I think it was a, there was a BT Sport interview afterwards and they said at halftime Pep wasn't happy or something like that, I might be paraphrasing, but they went in and there was obviously right, a, yeah. a rocket shoved up. So. Well, I, I don't know. The, I, I kind of heard the message from the dressing room was like, just carry on, just like you're doing, you're playing really well. Um, keep it up and they I think um, they got I don't I'm not saying the goal was lucky but I think they got lucky that sort of they scored so early I don't think they were expecting to kind of come out and be like yeah it's one all after 46 minutes just a moment of brilliance yeah 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 and from then on they were like oh yeah yeah we are playing well we can um, take this the other thing I would say is um Bernardo Silva kind of moved out from the middle to the right wing for that second half and was exceptional. It's like just he is he no, is an, match, right? he is another one who's in really really good form um, and and can play anywhere and he's one of those guys who yeah he can give you a half alongside Rodri and play really well and break up every West Ham attack and then he'll just switch out to the right and win you the game uh, in the second half and and yeah he's always kind of. Always noticeable when he gets in among the goals, and uh, he saw he got a bit of luck with um, Aguero. It was missing the header, but he 
was in the space and took it well and a sort of lovely scoop over the top from Alvarez for it. So, um, and then he kind of runs on and uh, makes the right pass to give it to Haaland for the third. So, yeah, players players stepping up, I would say, um, and and delivering. That's going to be it for Act 1, guys. We'll be back with Act 2 in just a second. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Talking City podcast. Um, yeah, I wanted to leave this to sort of like the, the, the second half, uh, really, side, but Doku versus Jack Grealish now. It, it, that is so interesting because... You mentioned tactically in the first half about Doku almost just being that sort of electrifying player and just going at the defender. Now, Grealish kind of used to do that for Aston Villa, but when he's been in a Man City shirt, I feel personally it's been a lot of, you know, at the very start he was doing a lot of checkbacks, playing it back, retaining possession, and I felt he wasn't really as maybe as explosive as we saw Doku initially at the weekend it's going to be fascinating to see that dynamic do you think Grealish comes straight back in when he's when he's fully fit over someone like Doku I think so um I think sort of I've seen like a lot of negativity towards Grealish kind of partly in relation to Doku being good but also just generally sort of you know just silly nonsense really um that kind of forgets how how important he is to the attack and the team and sort of, you know, him and Ake on that left side last season were were brilliant and there were, you know, from January to April probably Grealish was the best player in the team. So it's kinda like yeah, he, he still he still gives a lot. I I don't maybe I'm just misremembering it. I don't remember him being like a, a tricky dribbler in the same way that Doku is you know, when he was at Aston Villa. I think of him carrying the ball forward a lot, um, you know, maybe more kind of De Bruyne kind of levels. But um, I, I, I don't think he's ever going to be that winger that, like, takes on his man. I don't think he's got the pace, really, to to do that. So um, he, he's... I, I still kind of think the big games and, you know, when you go into... Uh, Arsenal away, which they're playing next month, and then the week, the month after, it's Chelsea away and Liverpool away, and then and they've got United away around that time as well. You don't want to be giving the ball away too easily, or Guardiola certainly doesn't want to be giving the ball away too easily. Who's the best at keeping the ball in the team? Jack Grealish. Now, what Doku does offer is um, that unpredictability, and like we were talking about West Ham, they didn't have any. Um, options off the bench now if you've got two very different players who can play on that left wing you can sort of mix and match depending on on the opposition it may be for some uh big games that you know the the message is attack and the best way to attack is with um a tricky winger and that would be when you know Grealish might have to fight for his place or be on the or be on the bench but I, I think I don't know the thing is Doku's really interesting because he's not that he's not the pep player that we're used to seeing or that this team has become over the last two or three years it's more kind of your, your Leroy Sane from 2017-2018 so 
it, it things might change, but at the minute, I still think kind of um, Grealish is will will play when he's fit. But not, we talk a lot um, offensively as well, but defensively now, it's a lot of competition, isn't there? You know, I was thinking as well. Obviously, that left side, you're looking like Gavardiol and Ake. There's now you're looking at it, and when the majority of that back line's fit, which hopefully it's going to be very very soon. Pep's got some real decisions to make, hasn't he? Yeah, he does. Um, I, I, I sort of think with the, with the amount of games that are coming, no one's going to really be left out. Um, and, and that's probably true with, you know, the left wing and other spots as well. But, like, I'd be surprised if there was someone like, you know, like Laporte didn't play for, like, the last four months, basically, or last season. I'd be surprised if that happened. And, and unless you, it gets to the point where kind of someone is consistently being left out for the big games um, and and is unhappy with that, I, I sort of think there will be enough enough game time for, for everyone in that defence. Mm, yeah, definitely. I think, the, the, I guess the only one you're still looking at and thinking he's going to be playing most games is Rodri, isn't it? You feel like there's rotation everywhere, yeah. but it's still Rodri. Yeah, it? yeah. Rodri and, uh, and Diaz, um, are likely to play more than anyone else, I think. But then, you know, um, Pep talks about Calvin Phillips on Friday, and we know Calvin Phillips has, you know, not really started a, a meaningful game for City. I think there was that absurd stat during the international break that he's started as many games for England as he has for City since he moved. Um, it was four and three, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, and um, Pep. Talks about you know the club suggesting to him that did he want to go on loan in summer and he said no he wanted to stay and fight for his place and that will have done him good and playing for England will have done him good and you know they've got this Carabao Cup game at Newcastle that might be an ideal time for him to and step into it. There was actually sort of a you know a bit of a thinking that maybe Phillips could have played alongside Rodri at West Ham you know if he didn't want to go for Docu or Nunes. Uh, maybe you play kind of um, Phillips in sort of instead of the Bernardo Silva role, I guess that that ended up being. Uh, but he's he's more in the frame than he was. So well, I think it's also important to say that for England to say he'd had no minutes, I thought he was very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was, and and it's kind of not about almost him individually. You know, we, we'd had this um, you know the huge debate around England in the the first game was, you know, Rice, Foden, Bellingham was the midfield three that everyone wanted to see. And it ended up being Rice, uh, Henderson and Bellingham. And Southgate kind of confused the situation with sort of leaning on, on Pep. But ultimately it seemed to be that he was saying you know, I can't just have Rice's defensive cover and leave Foden and Bellingham up top. Um, whereas you brought Phillips in, who knows how to play alongside Rice and works alongside Rice very well. And Bellingham had more freedom and a better game, really. Um, so it's like in bringing Phillips into the team, you allow other players to play better. So that may not always be the case that at City, but there will be times in the same way that kind of Kovacic looks to have kind of nailed down this um, 
partnership with Rodri where Phillips can slip in and, you know, maybe with injuries or whatever, you don't always have Alvarez and Foden available or maybe one of them moves to the bench for certain games and you let the other one be in a more advanced position knowing that you've got that kind of um, extra cover with Phillips. Yeah, it's not a bad point. I think... I mean, we'll get on to Red Star in a little bit, but maybe he's one who yeah. you're looking yeah, at and thinking. Yeah, 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 quite possibly. Yeah, and there should be a few there, shouldn't there, really? Yeah. Um, you've touched on him a little bit. I just wanted to briefly mention him. Um, Bernardo. Yeah. Proceed. I mean, yeah, well, <laughs> the thing is, we've spoken so much about Kyle Walker in recent weeks, and, and he's absolutely deserved it, but kind of as important... Um, for staying this season has been Bernardo Silva. Um, you know, getting him to sign a contract extension is a bonus, but him staying is is huge. And in the same way that you know, no one at the club or no one in the world really has what Walker can offer as a right back, um, and what he's shown this season. There isn't really anyone who can perform so many roles um, with. In the City team and also in the City squad, um, you know, I asked Pep about it after the game at West Ham and he, he kind of said, like, you can you can substitute players in for these guys, but you can't substitute, like, their characters and their kind of role in the dressing room is so important. Obviously, Walker's one of the leadership group, but Bernardo isn't. Um, but his kind of role as kind of the joker and the one that they all pick on and, and everything is like... A, a huge, a huge part of the team and the squad, and everyone loves him. And you know, when he's playing like that, um, you can sort of. It, it is a madness that they've not had more serious offers for him, sort of ever, because he plays so well. He is, you know, you you're looking at. I don't know. I don't think they'd have sold him for under eighty this summer, and I don't think that would have been sort of, I don't think that would have been unreasonable. Bernardo Silva had gone for 80 million this summer. I don't think anyone would have said, oh, that's a lot. I think with a lot, I don't know, I don't know if you agree, but I think with a lot of teams, maybe sort of like Barca aside in terms of system-wise, I don't know where he'd fit in anywhere because he's like, what is he? Yeah. What is Bernardo Silva? It's like, is he a right-back, left-back, centre-back? Yeah, 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 which is fair, but he would probably do a very good job anywhere like in any of those positions but you know stick him in centre mid for a season and it'll be great stick him at right wing for a season and it'll be great but if you want to stick him at centre mid for 20 minutes right wing for 30 minutes and then left back for 40 he'll be great as well so um, he he really is just a hugely intelligent player Um, and and that means he could kind of fit in anywhere Definitely. Um, Guys, we're going to be back talking Rivals, Red Star, Belgrade and score predictions in just a sec. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Talking City podcast. Si, Red Star, Belgrade coming up. You excited about this one, Champions League starting again? Yeah, it's nice to have it it back again. It don't feel like two minutes since uh, we were in Istanbul watching the final. Um, it's kind of, yeah, we, we're all excited to see what happens next for City. Um, you know, can't 
quite talk about in this podcast, but there's something on the site on uh, Monday night, Tuesday evening about um, you know what the what the uh, expectations are from from within the club for for the Champions League going forward, um, and it's it's kind of you know we we've seen the the club CEO talk about sort of he's expecting this competition to be a bit easier this season because City finally got that that monkey off the back and won it the pressure's off for them uh, in a sense and you know there's a Guardiola press conference later today and nobody is going to ask him you know why haven't you won the Champions League yet because he's won it so um, it, it should be easier um, for them in in that sense but they've got to you know just go again. And in the same way that there's kind of a natural drop off when you're in the Premier League, how how motivated are they going to be, um, especially for a groups a group stage and group games where there aren't really any teams that you would kind of expect them to to lose to, uh, but there are three teams that could kind of trip them up if they're if they're not concentrating properly yeah we were speaking on the last one where we obviously the results away in Leipzig the last two times haven't been great but I mean they've not been disastrous but it's they're probably the only ones at the minute where you're looking and thinking they might bloody City's nose but with how strong City look at the minute it's yeah I think you know you look at the last three games for City and they've conceded a goal in each of them and you sort of think that was um, you know there, there are times where City have been vulnerable in moments in games but they've always been strong enough to to overcome that in the league will that still be the case in the Champions League and what will the um you know what will the the atmosphere be like on uh Tuesday night will it be like you know a huge celebration first Champions League game back after after Istanbul or will it be a bit kind of like Red Star is is quite a come down from Istanbul and uh you know the the next final that everyone will be hoping to go to is is a long, long way away. It is indeed. Doku, Nunes, Calvin Phillips you mentioned previously, maybe some, are you expecting a little bit of rotation for this one or are you expecting City to go full strength? Before we started this podcast, I probably thought full strength and now you've kind of put a few, a few rotation thoughts in my head. I think it will be strong because... Um, Pep will want to start the Champions League off well. He won't want to kind of risk anything but three points. You know, the the formula for going through and topping the group kind of remains win all three home games and then pick up points away from home. Um, so it, it, it will be strong and you'd expect um, Haaland and Alvarez and Foden and all these players to, to play. With the injury situation, you'd probably expect a, a similar... 11 to to West Ham but that kind of spot that Doku had I yeah I think you'd probably play him again um but I wouldn't be surprised if Nunes or Phillips came in for that that second for, for that spot um to give City a bit more structure yeah I don't think you'd be losing that much putting a Calvin Phillips in there against the Red Star Belgrade without any disrespect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and you know, Bernardo can play wide, Foden can play wide, so it, it could easily be be done. Um, so, yeah, but but it has to be a, a strong team because, yeah, they don't really have any any choice. 
And you, but Pep will be wanting a statement as well, won't he? You know, you yeah. got you got against Red Star Belgrade, blow them away. The, the whole, I mean, the whole world world's going to be looking at the the, the champions anyway. But if you yeah, go out and yeah. put a real statement yeah. down, they're going to be thinking, oh, okay, City is still there, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, and you know, you win by two or three goals, you probably top the group uh, after one game, which doesn't really matter. But like you say, it's just a statement, and you just stay there and. You know, you, you're there from the start and you, you carry it through. So it's it, it it's going to be one of those games where Pep is really going to be looking at his players. Because, you know, we all want to know, have they still got that motivation? And it won't be in games like this where it's kind of decided, but it's games like this that Pep's watching the players saying like, well, are they going the extra mile against Red Star? Because everyone will go the extra mile against Real Madrid, but... I want to see who's going the extra mile tonight to know who I play against Real Madrid. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. And obviously the press conference is coming out, will be coming up later on today. We're recording early Monday morning. But long-term injury-wise, I guess you know, the same faces are still going to be out. I don't, I don't know if there's going to be any sort of major breaks from Pep Guardiola. I mean, a bit no, I'd be, I'd be surprised if anyone's back for back for Tuesday. There might be you know, somebody maybe back in training. Um, but I don't think there'll be sort of anyone who's fit enough to come kind of straight back into the team for for Tuesday night. So, like I say, you're probably looking at the same 11, 12, 13 players that you're going to choose 11 from. Mm. Score prediction? Uh, I think 3 1. Th- you're always quite conservative for your score prediction. I think they'll have a moment. Am I going to go with four again? Would, well, well, do you know what? It was, um, I was sat there at West Ham at 1-0 and, you know, when they were one all against Sheffield United, this is, might be a bit boring, but an insight into my daily life, you know, it's, it's a thousand word match report and sometimes you have to you know, sometimes it's easy and it's two or three nil after 20 minutes and you can think, yeah, I can probably sort of know the way the match is going. Other times it's not and you've got to wait until 80, 85 minutes, but you can't write a thousand words in five minutes. So you've got to kind of um, write some of it beforehand, obviously, um, sort of as the match is going on. And, you know, I think at Sheffield United, I was writing how good the defence was and then they conceded it after 83 and you're like, oh, Right, we, we start again. And you're sort of like, at Sheffield United, they had injury problems and they're not always great. And you're like, yeah, things have kind of caught up with them. Like, they were always going to drop points early on and this is how it is. And then they went and won the game. So you forget about that. At West Ham, at 1-0 at half-time, you're thinking, right, well, you know, they can't name a full bench. They, um, they're playing a, a good team. Haaland's missed two chances, should have buried one of those days. This is kind of shows that the squad is depleted, and you know they are running the risk of of dropping points while it's like this. And then they go and win the game. So like the performances haven't all been terrific, but they've still done enough to to win games. Which you know the the last time I remember it being like this was the Centurion season when they um, you know won when they got 100 points. So. That, that's a good sign. But but I still think there's kind of weaknesses in them in-game that can be got at, and Champions League teams do tend to get at them. But I think they'll have too much for Red Star. Yeah, I think 
I think three now. I think they'll go three now. I think they'll keep another clean sheet. Um, quickly before we finish, I just want to laugh at a few of the rivals. <laughs> um, Manchester United do Manchester United things again. Um, losing three once about. We have to start there, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so when City were at West Ham last season was the first day of last season. And by coincidence, the United had Brighton at home. And United were the early game, so it was on in the press room before the game. And it was thinking like, oh my God, United are getting torn apart here. Like, they've got a new manager, but like, nothing's changed. Um, there was less surprise on Saturday. It was just like, oh, United are losing again. Um, is that because they're, they're, well, what they are at the minute, or do you think it's because people just, for some reason, still don't give Brighton enough credit? Well, I think maybe a bit of both. I think, you know, I would still look at United versus Brighton and think, well, that should be a home win. And maybe that is underestimating how... So, closer now, isn't it? Yeah, but I, but you know what? What more convinces me that United will not be close to challenging City is um, like what Ten Hag says, and you know I'm not that close to United, so it might be that um, he says things in press conferences that aren't that don't reflect what he thinks or whatever. But like City beat him in the FA Cup final, and Ten Hag afterwards was like, oh yeah, the game could have gone either way. Yeah, the gaps not that big between the two teams. And you're thinking like... Have you seen what City just won? <laughs> like, City really didn't play well in the FA Cup final, but still just looked like sort of a bigger boy with a younger brother, like playing in the park, just keeping them like away all the time. And then, you know, for Ten Hag to come out after the Brighton game and say like, well, you know, both teams have spent money. So, and you're like, yeah, technically, but I think... It went round like the Brighton team cost like 17 million or something, and they just absolutely schooled United. Um, yeah, United have got some good fixtures coming up, um, but I would have included Brighton at home as a good fixture for them, and six points from 15. Not good, is it? You've got to pick it up, boys. We, well, you predicted um, that Liverpool were going to be. City's close. Still want to keep this quite quiet in case it doesn't go. <laughs> but they look good. They look good. Again. They look good. And it's another, you know, I've talked before about them coming, like responding from poor starts. And a bit like, you know, City have had some uh, iffy starts or iffy moments in games. Liverpool have had them. Liverpool were dreadful in the the first half, really, against Wolves and should have been completely out of it. Um, but they stayed in the game in part to them but also because Wolves didn't finish well enough and then they won 3-1 so um, yeah it's always like when my predictions turn out all right and and yeah Liverpool will be will be very happy and, and they have got some very good fixtures for the next five six eight games I think so um, they'll be looking to kick on. Arsenal too good win really good win I think I heard a stat I think it was on the, uh, the Sky Sports podcast that they do that, um, you know, the London clubs have just, ter- well, I think it's Arsenal in particular, they've got a terrible record on Merseyside, Liverpool and Everton. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, big win for them, I think. Well, I don't think Arsenal have won at um, Goodison since Wenger left. So it was like a huge win and, and also kind of the big 
talking point before the game was um, dropping Ramsdale, which was huge from Arteta. Um, I, d I don't think, it, you know, you can't sign someone like David Ryer and then say, oh, well, he's never going to play. I think it was always expected. But to do it as he'd done, when Ramsdale's not really done anything wrong, um, that is, you know, the sign of a, of a manager in control of his squad and a manager who's ready to make big decisions to um, to succeed. So, yeah, I mean, that I think the top four is Arsenal, Liverpool and Spurs behind City. Spurs winning well. I wouldn't expect necessarily Spurs to keep it up, but they've started really well. And, um, yeah, Ar Arsenal and Liverpool looking strong. Ars Arsenal City in a few weeks is going to be very tasty. Thanks for that, Si. Uh, that's going to be it for us, everyone, at the Talking City podcast. Make sure you check out the European Supplement. The link will be in the description below. You can get it for three quid, everybody. Previews all the Champions League games. Really appreciate you stopping by. You can get us on YouTube. Like, comment and subscribe over there. Leave us a five-star rating on all of your favourite podcast providers. And we're going to link over now to Joe Bray, who's going to be giving you a little bit of a preview from the Etihad uh, discussing everything that's going on with City and also we're going to link into Pep Guardiola's press conference. See you in a bit. Hello there, welcome to Manchester City Open Training ahead of uh, City versus Red Star Belgrade in the uh, Champions League. It's City's first game in the Champions League since they won it, of course, last year. The first game as defending the European champions. Thankfully, as you can see, the uh, the weather is much better than it was earlier today when it was an absolute downpour. We're expecting City to be out training very shortly. They uh, should be without Matteo Kovacic and Jack Grealish once again. They missed the uh, win over West Ham and uh, don't appear to be ready again. Uh, Guardiola said that they're not going to be playing against Red Star and uh, they had doubts for Nottingham Forest at the weekend. John Stones is definitely out. Kevin De Bruyne is out. Uh, long term as we know uh, we heard from Pep and Kyle Walker Kyle Walker confirmed that City's vote for the new captains uh, the captain's leadership group has been uh, has taken place uh, and Bernardo Silva is one of the new captains um, he is sort of the only new one obviously Ilkay Gundogan departed so it's still Walker, De Bruyne Rodri, Ruben Diaz and now it's uh, Bernardo Silva. Walker was a little bit coy on who was the actual club captain in the past they've uh, They've made it clear who is the captain. Obviously, it was Gundogan. Before that, it was Fernandinho. This time, he said the order doesn't matter. So, I don't know whether we want to read into that that maybe it's Kevin De Bruyne when he comes back. We, we can't really say for sure. But what we do know is Walker will probably, almost certainly, uh, wear the armband until De Bruyne gets back. And then uh, we'll wait and see. Um, but yeah, for now, Walker is uh, the main captain in, in the group. Uh, that vote has taken place. Maybe Guardiola will go into a little bit more detail next time we see him in uh, uh, probably after the Red Star game now. Um, Guardiola was uh, pretty good, when, I've got to say, when he was talking about City's mentality and how, it's, uh, how it changes uh, when you are defending the European Cup rather than winning it. This time, every season, he is asked, do you feel under more pressure to win the Champions League for the first time this time the questions were 
do you feel under more pressure defending it? He said it was easier to defend it rather than win it for the first time. Now they've done it, but he also said it's a new slate, everything's done. Uh, if they wanted an easy journey, they'd be on the beach. And this time they want to go and become one of those clubs that win it two, three, four times. Not many teams defend the Champions League, uh, especially when they've won it the first time. City wants to be one of the teams who do that. Uh, Guardiola said when he was at Barcelona, he was proud to have won two Champions Leagues, but of course, they uh, won two in four years rather than any back-to-back. Uh, -back. So he wants to do that. Uh, Kyle Walker said the players definitely want to do that and feel the uh, the pressure of doing that and embrace that pressure. Um, Walker said that Guardiola showed the players a, a picture of a mountain at the start of the season before the first game and said, your flag's up there at the top, you've been to the top, you are the treble winners, you're the European champions, but you are at the bottom and you've got to work your way back up there. So far we've seen City do that. Uh, we heard from Rodri after the game at West Ham and said they're doing the impossible at the moment by winning so many games and playing so well uh, with so many players out. Um, and he said they're going to be stronger when, they, uh, when these players return. They're going to have to sort of limp along uh, at the moment the, the group stage in the Champions League is a favourable one for City and I suppose that does mean that they are able to uh, rotate the uh, few players that they do have. Guardiola even said he's going to have to play the kids at Newcastle in the Carabao Cup next week whether he does that or not whether it's a figure of speech uh, we will wait and see but the longer that Kovacic, Grealish, Stones remain out the fewer options City have in midfield. I'm wondering does Mateus Nunes come in um, I thought he was very, very good when he came off the bench at West Ham. It was his uh, change into midfield for Phil Foden. Gave a, a bit more solidity, a bit more shape in that midfield. Nothing against Foden, just that the game required maybe a bit more of a uh, defensive-minded player. But it also allowed Bernardo to go over to the right. And that was where he got on the end of uh, uh, Julian Alvarez's lovely scoop. Scored the goal that put City ahead. And then he got a ball from Nunes and uh, fed Erling Haaland to score. Haaland, of course, could have had five goals at uh, West Ham but only got one um, and I think it's that sort of performance that City will take that you know they're up against it they uh, admitted that they were angry Guardiola said that he came into the dressing room at half time of the London Stadium and they were angry because they were 1-0 behind but he had to say listen guys you're playing well you're creating a lot of chances and uh, it was that sort of experience that I think City leaned upon to get through and win that game they're going to have to do the same thing against Red Star a little bit of an unknown team just because it's a new opponent for City um, they don't often play teams from the Serbian League, for example. So it's going to be a, an interesting game. But when you've got an injury crisis, when you've got lots of key players missing, you do want a home game against a, a team that you should be beating first up. So, uh, yeah, the players will be out shortly behind me. We'll uh, see if anyone uh, is there who we weren't expecting or not. You can find all that on the Manchester Evening News. But we are expecting uh, the same squad that travelled to West Ham to be training here today. No Kovacic, no Grealish, no Stones. Uh, and that will restrict the uh, the options that Guardiola has uh, going into the game against Red Star. But the message is clear. Win your home games in the Champions League. Win one or two of your away ones. Qualify for the last 16 first. And then, only then, can you start thinking about defending it. But the overall theme is that City want to not just be a, a one-year one wonder in the Champions League, they want to be going and winning it uh, multiple years in a row and just show how, how good this team is. But given all these injuries, they're going to have to be uh, under pressure a little bit to get off to a good start. As we always do, uh, please indicate your likes ask a question and we'll come to as many of you as we can. Somewhere to start, please. Right here, James. Hi, Pep. Um, I wonder if this season going into the Champions League feels a little bit different for you. you. 
you've been under pressure, if maybe not internally, but you've been under pressure since you've been here to win the Champions League. Mm. Do you feel the same amount of pressure? And of course, only Real Madrid have successfully defended the, the title. So, so what kind of a challenge is that to you? Every season, well, good morning to everyone. Um, every season we start the, the competition in the first game. Always the target is win the, the first one, qualify for the group stage for the last 16 and try to win the Champions League. Nothing changed for before when we didn't win it on this season that we won it last season. So nothing changed. It's no more than right to start tomorrow. And it depends on our performance and our level will happen. So we have to, of course, we are incredibly happy to defend uh, this crown. Uh, but this competition don't allow you much mistakes. The success we had in group stages because at home, Never miss one shot, except the year against Lyon, the first game. Always we were so strong at home, make nine points to nine. And when that happened, just winning one game away, you are qualified. So and tomorrow is uh, the first step and hopefully we can convince the players seriously. Always we have done it, no matter the opponent. And try to get the first three points. Hi, Pep. Um, Ferran Soriano said last week he feels more relaxed now you've won the Champions League. Who? Is that Ferran Soriano said he feels more relaxed now you've he won feels. the Champions League? Yeah, so yeah is that, that's good. Important is the player doesn't feel relaxed. So the board and the chairman and the CEOs are relaxed, that's good. They don't play, they don't score tomorrow goal Ferran. So we have to be... So a part of that I would, li I would like to say something. So for our club to win the Champions League is something incredible. Incredible, but in perspective for the Champions League, so how many teams won one Champions League? Just one, a lot. But there is a lot won two, a lot won three, a lot won four, a lot won five. There is one team won a lot, a lot, a lot. So in perspective of the Champions League, we didn't do anything special. It's just one. So, but but for us, of course, so the club didn't have it and be part of that is incredible proud of. I know it's a long time off, but have you noticed the finals at Wembley? You've won it there as a player and as a manager. No, I did, we didn't think, we didn't think about that. So, so uh, like I said before, so James, so, so win the first one, and after we happen. So when when you have to to think about the finals, when you are in quarterfinals, semi-finals, after you can to think about it. But in the first game, in in this month, so it's long time, still long, 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 long time. Hi, Pat. Will it be harder to defend it than it was to win it for the first time, the Champions League? No, it's easier. The most difficult is win the first one. The first one. Always we win, but it's something incredible for us the first time in this history. But it just won, so let's go. Let's try to win tomorrow. And a team like is so aggressive, so fast up front. Uh, we saw yesterday in this morning and yeah you have to interpret it or read perfectly the game you have to play do you think back to that night in june at all have you ever since or have you wiped it from your memory and move on uh, the, do, you, do you think back to june at all do you ever sit at home and, and think back to that night in istanbul, in istanbul? no i didn't watch the game and no 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 no, no, no at all uh only i say Look what happened in you know the team we beat. So in in Italian league, the derby won five one. Uh, I, I had the feeling that moment. I had the feeling right now that it was incredible strong team, and they proved it. And 
it was a tight, tight game, and this time the coin came came for us. But uh, the feeling I had before now prove again how Inter the Milan is oh, a strong team, and it's a candidate to be there again. And of course, I like to beat the good teams, and and the final was there. But I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. Um, even if you didn't watch it, you still remember uh, Edison's saves that yeah. night. How important they were to you. I have a lot of memories in this competition. How many times Edison had a good save, and when the opponents have a good saves, so there are many, many things. But of course, Eddie was a, a key point, a really, really key point. And he, um, he was important again at the weekend against West Ham. Yeah, Does it definitely. feel like his, his shot stopping has improved, or is it yeah, just... a lot? He's mature. It's a. He's getting, getting better. So we had a team that normally, in average, we didn't concede much. And I had the feeling when the opponent arrived, he's there. So the first save against one against one against Antonio, the moment Antonio made the last touch a little bit longer, he was there. And especially the corner with the World Pros always is a is incredible threat. And with Zuma, with uh, all the people, the tall, incredible, you know, headers. So make a yeah, good save. But the moment was one one, and we make 60 or 70 shots in the first half against West Ham is quite impressive. But these details make the difference, and and Ederson was was there again. Penny, uh, Pep, it's obviously four games in eleven days that you're facing now as well. So how is the squad looking, and how is the injury front at the minute? I'm thinking, obviously, Kovacic, John Stones, and, and Jack Grealish. How close are they to being available to play? Well, I think it's getting, they are getting better. I think they are not for tomorrow. Hopefully for Nottingham or next coming games, but do we need it? Because we have not a long squad in that moment, but it's what it is. So look how we prove without without them at the last game. So hopefully they come back soon because we need the competition. We need, uh, you know, Jack to compete with uh, with uh, with Jeremy Doku and how important is both feeling how to play good to maintaining the, you know, to be in the squad. Otherwise, it's difficult to sustain for a long time without that. But it's what it is. In the seasons happen, many teams happen, and yeah, we accept it. I just wanted to ask about Kyle as well because we're going to speak to him in a moment. There's a feeling that he's reaching as higher level uh, in terms of performance as he uh, as he has done throughout his whole career. Yeah, what levels are you seeing from him? Since day one for the preseason, every training session is more focused than ever. Is and yeah, he proved it uh, again. Always he can do better, but uh, the terms of consistency is not easy because play. 90 minutes, 90 minutes against England, and after come here, play 90 minutes, and so demanding game against all the wingers from 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 West Ham are so fast and quick, and and yeah, he responded really well. Hopefully, he can continue, and the moment we can give them space, time to rest, we're going to give him. Hi, Pep. Um, you just mentioned Jeremy Doku there. How impressed have you been with how he's he's settled in since he arrived? No, I said so. We played really well, and especially we had the ability the winger. When you are in the wingers, like we try to do, have and go to the fullback, and he dribbled, is a chance. So sometimes you go to the wingers, go back, go back. Have to do it, but they have a winger, have go and attack fullback. Even fullback can support for the winger, the opponent. And I dribble to you, go to my line. It's a chance. And how many times has done it? A lot, not just one, a lot. That's why I said I was impressed. Because we knew his quality, but didn't expect it, and had the ability to do this and and do it very well. So, 
you know, had the feeling as attacking midfielder and Erling, Julian, field. So we had the ball against the fullback. I said, okay, I'm going to close to the box because this guy is going to dribble and going to cross, has to be there. This is a incredible threat. And that's why I said, as a winger, it was a long time I didn't see a performance like a winger dribble, not once, not twice. A lot of times his fullback and and his and another, you know, fullback and, and be dribbled. So it's not going to happen every week, I understand. But always we talk, you have this quality, isn't it? You have the quality to do it. Yes, go, try, do it. Whatever happened. Hi, Pep. Uh, Albert from Sport5 Israel. Um, you have a match tomorrow against the Red Star Belgrade. And I was wondering, what do you know about their trainer, Barak Bachar? He's a big fan of yours. Yeah. What do you know about him? Well, I saw last season, it was in Maccabi Haifa. I play a group difficult one, Juventus, Benfica, PSG. And and what I saw, because we saw a little bit, my staff analyzed what he has done with Maccabi Hive against that teams, against against Mbappé, Messi and, and, and Neymar, for example. And I, we were really impressed, the courage, the bravery, you know, to play against them. You know, it doesn't matter what happened. And we guess tomorrow, we think tomorrow is going to be quite, quite uh, similar. So I'm happy that again is in this competition. Looking forward to say hi tomorrow. Last two in English guys, and we do have one from Serbia, please. Fred? Hi, Pep. Uh, in life, sometimes repetition is not as nice as doing it for the first time. Is this a big challenge in football to remember that, OK, let's go with, again? Well, I said before, so in the first season we arrived here and in Monaco in the last 16, qualifying, we were out. We tried to win the Champions League. So nothing changed for the first season, the other one. Now the people say now, OK, now like we we won it and now it's uh, done it's not done so that it's done we're happy we were happy that day now we we every time we see in the here in Sofia yesterday we took a picture of the team with the four trophies there and see the Champions League in front of you make you feel so happy yeah we cannot deny it but yeah it's done you want to live for the memories I will not be here I will be at home on some beach so once we are here we play against West Ham yeah to do it you know we play against final European Cup, Super Cup against Sevilla, and three days later against Newcastle. So it's not the ideal situation, lack of physical condition, long week for, for Newcastle. And I said, it's a challenge. That is not the perfect, but what it is. So this is the competition, is that, okay, go, go for it, try to do it, it's the same. So we are going to play this competition thinking how nice we were, how nice it is to win. Okay, we have it, yes, there, belong to us. But Okay, competition gives us a new challenge. Go for it. Try it. At least try it. And I'm not having any doubt. We're going to try. That means, like I said, just Madrid or maybe win a Rigo Saki period with a, you know, with a, with a, with Milan. He's exceptional. Milan did it in a row. So the rest of the teams. I, I was incredibly proud to be manager of Barcelona team in that period. We won two times in four years the Champions League, but we didn't, didn't win it in a row. So it's so difficult, but okay, just just try it, you know, be ourselves. And if we are able, okay, if we are not able to do it, like the previous six seasons together, qualify for the next season and try it again. Jamie? Hi, Pep. You started really well this season, you know, in the league, winning every game. Just speaking generally, so about this competition, but the whole season, how do you keep your message fresh for your players? Or is it down to them? Are they sort of, you know, self-motivated? I think I think belongs to them. I, I know the half-time, 
I should come to the players because they were angry. And I said to them, why are you angry? So we are losing 1-0, but you're performing really well. So in normal circumstances, it just will be more clinical up front. will be 1-3. So and they were angry. It belongs to them. Come from them. Of course, we push them as a manager at the same foot, but still I think they have a, a incredible mentality players that uh, never give up and say, let's go. I, I'm sometimes then, I'm, I'm, I'm even a little bit surprised for the fact that after five primary six years, after winning the travel, I said, okay, we're going to start the season and I think make five to five shows. The team is that that is really good. It's really good. So were you happy to sort of see that anger in a way because it shows yeah. how much they care? I mean. Otherwise, they don't come from inside from themselves. So the manager can make a beautiful speeches, go to TikTok, recruit a lot of message inspirational speeches, but <laughs> it doesn't work. Come, everyone has to find himself to get him better and, and improve every play, go with their own limits and and feel that otherwise it's difficult. We will have downs of the season, so we'll not be all the season, but starting that way. And important teams take some distances now. And But you know, how strong is Arsenal? Yesterday I saw the game against Wilson Park, is they are exceptional, and Liverpool again, the mentalities continue there. <laughs> well, they don't start, they don't start in the, I think they expect like Chelsea, but always they are Man United, always they are Chelsea. Sooner or later they will take the rhythm but it's important for us after win the travel five to five is really, really, really good, really good. Okay, we'll go to our colleague in Serbia, Mark Wolf. Hello, welcome. Respect, Mr. Guardiola. Uh, I am a journalist from Belgrade for Serbia for Sports Club, television and portal. Uh, I have two questions. First, uh, d did you remember uh, your match for Barcelona in Belgrade 1996 with Red Star? If you remember, I remember we started. I remember when I was a young boy, Maradona playing there, and yeah. make a, a goal like uh, was I don't know in English when you keep the ball over yeah. the the keeper. I remember that I'm most fresh than than '96 when I was there. Uh, your match one one in Belgrade. Yeah, <laughs> and what can you say we, about we didn't play good. atmosphere on, on on that match? Always is nice. Yeah, I remember perfectly when last season when I was in Croatia or. Uh, the culture for ex-Yugoslavia now, Croatia, Serbia, or Montenegro, or uh, this kind, these lovely countries always they have an incredible mentality, uh, competitors. So all the Aspors before in water polo, or uh, look now Djokovic, or all the incredible athletes there, they have an incredible competitors. Uh, and competitors, I don't know why, but they have, I think for the, for the school, for the kids, they have something special. Thank you very much. And second question, what can you say about Red Star team? Uh, so aggressive in some moments they don't defend man to man sometimes they have defend man to man you have to be ready and um, quick in the transitions good runners uh, typical system the 5-3-2 when they attack or 5-2-3 with a lot of players in the final third so yeah you have to read you have to be able to read well what you have to do tomorrow okay thank you guys yeah thank you